The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the MTM Podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman, our managing editor, and Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies. It's been a couple weeks since we've all been here together. Good to talk with you guys. How's it been? What are you talking about? We were all here last week. I just didn't talk <laughs> when Mark was talking and he didn't talk when I was talking. Yeah, it's totally through, through the magic, <laughs> the magic of editing. But uh, yeah, Mark, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan State with a big win. How was that? You went to the game? Have Have fun? Yeah, I'm still uh, a little under the weather, weather, which is weird because I didn't drink at all on Saturday. I, we ended up hanging out with my buddy. His boss owns a bar, like a popular bar downtown East Lansing. So we ended up hanging out there Friday night and we're at like the owner's booth or whatever. So just like they're just bringing over buckets of stuff and take whatever you want. And it was it was packed. And so it was fun. We were supposed to go to bed early because we had to get up at like 637 in the morning to get uh, to the tailgate on time and everything. And it was such a mess in the area. Like it was the busiest I've ever seen East Lansing. Uh, you know, just to get parking into your like parking spot took like two hours. Like people were waiting in line so long. It was just people everywhere. Like everything was packed Friday night, Saturday. Even when I left Saturday after the game, I, I sat and, you know, we hung out for like two, three hours waiting for the traffic to die. And it still was pretty hectic, which is just crazy. But the game was really cool. Great seats that I got from my friend Elise. So thank you, Elise. Uh, you know, I was like four rows off the, the back end zone. So we saw the winning touchdown, ran right in into our side of the field, which was really cool. And, you know, I, I thought they were dead in the water halfway through the third and, and they came back from 16 down to win. So everybody doesn't like Michigan pretty much. So <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will <laughs> so have to I will have to like dispute that because I know a lot of people who are Michigan fans. But is Besides this the biggest Greg, a frequent miler? That, that's no. the only person. But <laughs> and. Uh, but is this the biggest Michigan-Michigan State game in a while? When was the last time that they were both ranked so high? Yeah, they haven't been uh, ranked in the top 10 both since uh, like 1964, 66, something crazy like that. 2015 was big. I think they were ranked like 7 and 11 or something, and that was the uh, the fumbled punt that Michigan State returned for a touchdown. So the crazy thing is everybody always thinks Michigan owns the rivalry, but whenever Michigan State has won eight games or more that year, they've beaten Michigan like 18 out of the 23 times. So Michigan beats up on state when they're bad, but whenever state's good, they take it to Michigan. Mark, you just sit there studying those stats. So when you're in a bar, yeah. argument, you can just, whip there you them go. Out. There you go. <laughs> it's very, you, got, precise you know what? Number. Anybody, you got, you got anybody all the listening. I, I actually did read the uh, article about it today. So uh, I was, I was kind of surprised by that, but like whenever state's good, eight wins, isn't even great. It's just like whenever they're solid, they usually do well in this game, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, take that, Michigan. Yeah, take that, Greg from Frequent Miler. <laughs> there you go. Team. <laughs> Joe, how was your Halloween? Uh, yeah, it was good. I uh, posted on Twitter, you know, there are those refillable popcorn buckets that you can get from Disney World. And so I gave my son one of those to limit the amount of candy he got. I was with him for a while, but then I had to take the three-year-old, or sorry, she's four now. I had to take her back because she was tired. So my son just went off with, um, you know, my friend and 
the other kids. And somehow on his travels, he procured a plastic bag to circumvent my limiting of him with the bucket. And he came back with, after he had eaten already some, I finally weighed it. It was 4.8 pounds of candy. It was a ton and we just threw out some candy from 2020, so I do not think he's going to finish it. But he had a good night, and so uh, we had a lot of fun overall. You're never going to get away with uh, with those Disney World popcorn bucket limiting stuff. You either got to have a place to dump it out, or you procure a plastic bag along the way like he did. I mean, that's Halloween strategy 101. So I'm, I'm happy for him with his 4.8 pounds. I shared, uh, his- I shared a pretty... Uh- funny meme today about trick-or-treating and somebody said like you know like check your buckets how they always tell uh parents to check their buckets razor blades a picture <laughs> yeah no it was a picture of uh four detroit lions tickets inside the bucket they're like check your buckets some sicko put lions tickets in here i feel bad mark i finally had a moment <laughs> of joy in the nfl season the first jets win was kind of whatever but yesterday no one expected the jets to win backup quarterback killed a bunch of people's suicide pools sorry if you pick the bengals the jets had a very big win and uh it just was, shows that it was joy Zach, uh your your number one overall pick was not a great pick and you should have just lost and got Trevor you think Warren. i don't know that you think <laughs> i don't know that man so mark did you do anything special for halloween or was it just the you know it was interesting like last year was sort of i don't know t- very much toned down i think because of the pandemic and it felt a lot more normal this year um, you know, obviously still precautions, whatever people are taking, but it just felt like a little bit more spirit. People were in the Halloween spirit a little bit more. I like that. Yeah, it's weird. Like in the area that we go, it's never really overly whelmed with kids. Like, you know, we were on a block and we'd see maybe one or two other kids at any given time. So we go to an area that the houses are pretty close together and they're more expensive houses. So there's a good chance that you're going to get full size candy bars. And then since there's so few kids, they're like, oh, we didn't really have any trick-or-treaters. Take a couple and stuff. So we know where to go and where to, to, to hit it up. But, yeah, for whatever reason, and it's, it's been like that since, you know, the 10 years we've been taking the kids trick-or-treating. It just never gets super busy around here where the area I grew up in and stuff, you know, we'd see three, 400 kids some days. So I don't know. It's weird. I also think that people bought more candy this year because they were excited about, like, a full on Halloween. And so there was a ton more candy to give out. So I think the kids were all big winners this year. Except for my wife's mom. She only gives out one piece and it's probably like a Tootsie Roll. She's very stingy. <laughs> so I said, I, I'm surprised that the kids don't just skip your house. Like they should know by now that that's like the worst house to go to. <laughs> hey, kids will take any candy. Thing my mo- even, even the single piece <laughs> houses, that, you know. Well, of course, my, my daughter, you know, there's this one house that's all decorated to the nines. Like they put a lot of time into it. And as we're walking away very loudly, she says, Oh, they had the most of the candy I don't like. The one with the uh, an almond joy, the one with the coconut. And I'm like, you can't, you can't say that right as you're walking out like so. Loudly. Dude, my son said that before he even started walking away. He's like, I didn't get the one I wanted, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. They just say like whatever every after everyone. She's like, Oh, that was a full size candy bar, like really loudly or. Oh, I got a whole handful. And like, I'm like, we don't need the play by play. Okay. Like we don't need to let these people know how good you thought they were or not. Now I had to uh, do have a question for both kids. of you since you both have daughters. My daughter is obsessed with costumes and she had, you know, between school and like her school fair and actual Halloween and a friend's birthday party. That was a dress up. She had four costumes. She had to wear a different costume for every single event. She would not wear the same costume twice. Is that typical or do I just have a diva on my hands? Diva. You have a diva, but I have one too. So older daughter is nothing like that. The younger daughter, 
wore three different costumes over the weekend and did a costume change in the middle of Halloween. Although she didn't go back out with her second costume, but still. All right. I guess my son did a technical costume change because he was wearing snow pants for his Mario outfit, like suspenders. And he's like, I'm sweating, Dad. Like, everywhere is sweat. So he took those off and just wore his jeans. <laughs> well, he's almost getting to that age, what, another couple more years where he'll be, like, on the edge. I feel like 12, 13 is when, yeah. when boys are, like, they still want to like, do it. I want to go go by myself type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you still want to do it, but then you're, like, you know, you're not sure if you're too old. And it's always, I, I say, I yeah. say trick or treat as long cool. as you can get away with it. As long as you can do it and be a kid, keep that joy going, do it, you know. So. Use deodorant, though, if you're 12 or 13, please. <laughs> yes, it does get sweaty. All right, let's talk about credit cards. How about that? Because this is the Miles to Memories podcast. And I don't know. I thought it would be a good time to talk about 5X cards because today we learned uh, Discover released their 2022 categories for the Discover It cards. And I don't know about you guys, but through the pandemic, I've been a little lazier with my 5X cards than normal. I used to be a person that would maximize pretty much every quarter and find ways to do it and be creative. Whereas I've been, I feel like this year, part of last year, I was sort of just sticking with the low hanging fruit, like the Amazons or the grocery stores. So when they're good quarter, the categories, I'm doing good. How has the pandemic sort of changed your 5X strategy? And then, you know, are you guys still maximizing your cards every quarter? No. (laughs) Uh, Shocker from Joe. I'm okay on the freedom, but that's the only one that I'm still paying attention to. I haven't maxed out my 5X on my old ink, trying to gear up for the end of the year to do that or but yeah i don't know we've said it many times like i'm i've got a lot of miles and points right now so it's just less of a need to like try to earn more um i'm sure i'll pay for that later but that's where i'm at what about you mark yeah i find myself less you know going for it. i did my 5x on my ink plus just reset so i've been waiting a couple months for that so i'm excited for that so i'll focus on that for sure but like the freedom and stuff in the fourth quarter always seems annoying to me because they just randomly add stuff like now we have the top spend and then freedom adam some other stuff like on redemption side of things uh today and then the regular 5x category it's just like a lot of mental stuff that trying to focus on so i don't ever really i have a discover card and i know it's five percent but i really don't ever go for it because i'm just like i don't really care i don't have time and then my uh, wife has the custom cash which I've tried to get two or three times now and I keep getting denied, but you know, with her, I just give it to her and hope that she gets somewhat close to 500 on one of the categories, but I'm not going to like force it into it because it's not worth it. Usually she gets around like 250 bucks on gas or something like that, but freedoms I'll, I'll focus on. I already maxed out the one. So the other one is in her name. So I'll take it with me and, and swipe at places that they don't pay attention or whatever. But, um, that's kind of the goal. It's just, it's kind of annoying. I need to add myself as an authorized user to make it a little bit easier, but I do find myself less and less inclined for whatever reason, um, unless it's super easy, which this one is is pretty easy with Walmart, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, Q4 is a really good time to look at these cards because I feel like the last few years as this space has become more competitive in these 5X category cards, uh, we've gotten better categories. And I think, you know, Q4, like I uh, discover for Q4 right now is Amazon.com, Walmart.com, or Target.com. I think fairly easy to... To max, I know, but then you get we have all these Amex offers giving you like, Mm -hmm. oh, here's five times on Amazon, and and it's like, how much Amazon do I really have? I mean, if you're reselling or or that type of thing, but I'm like, you know, whatever, I have four times Amex MR or five percent from Discover, and then 
I'm also like, I can get five times on Amazon anytime with my ink, you know? So it, that's the kind of thing. Like I find myself just being like, I don't know. Unmotivated, yeah. Sean. Well, I, and I agree with you on Amazon. I'm, I do that all the time. I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon for my business. So I'm going to office Depot and buying a lot of times $5,000 in Amazon gift cards and then using those to redeem with my ink card. Um, so I, I, that is my primary strategy. Um, I, is everybody doing that though? Is everybody doing, I agree with you. The Amex offer that just came out for Amazon 5X, that's the, to me, the no brainer, right? Just load that on. Uh, what was the limit on that in purchases? Was it 5,000? Well, I think it was like uh, 500. So it was okay. 500 for one and then like 300 for another. And then I think some people might've gotten to be able to stack them. But yeah, I wrote an article a couple, a couple weeks ago. Like, do we overvalue those? Like every time I've gotten one of those, I always just load my Amazon account and then it will sit there for a while. Cause I'm not one that turns through Amazon money as much as you do. So I'm like, is it really worth tying up this money and having it sit there for a few months when I can get five times on Amazon or four times on Amazon pretty much anytime I want? So I don't know. But I mean, tar- a lot of people shop at Target, so that's good. Walmart.com's less useful than just Walmart, but there's still some uh, options there for sure. Well, and so here's what uh, what they're doing for 2022 with Discover, and hopefully this sort of influences the other ones. But I feel like there's opportunity in every quarter. Uh, January through March, grocery stores and fitness club memberships, the old uh, Q1 fitness club membership thing like, uh, like how much is people spend how much are people spending on fitness club memberships uh to get you know it's a 1500 are max. they equinox members or no yeah yeah for your equinox that's one month soul cycle <laughs> all right so q2 <laughs> is gas stations and target i feel like there's some opportunity there q3 restaurants but and paypal so paypal gives you opportunity and then q4 amazon.com and digital wallets which is kind of interesting to see digital wallets kind of creep in here and I think that'll open it up for a lot more stuff next year. So hopefully that that opens things up. But it's it's been good to see like freedom. You know, it used to just be five X rotating categories. And never had a place in my wallet. At least they've added some other categories. But to your point, they've made things very complicated, and there's a lot of temporary benefits. Or you know, I don't know. It's a lot to keep up with. So I guess I'm I'm glad I'm not alone in in being a little overwhelmed yeah, with all this. I think I think all this stuff plus like all these random credits we've been getting for the last year or two. You know. Dining credit, sell credit. Like it's the first of the month when we're recording this, and I'm like, oh crap, I got to bust out all those Hilton cards and do all these different things again. And it's just like, I'm getting to the point of where I just don't care, which is sad because I used to chase everything. And now I'm like, there's so much. Do I, you know, is it worth all this time and effort and all? And I know people listening are like, yeah, it's easy money. Like you're going to go to McDonald's anyways. Why won't you just swipe that card? It's like, but you're shuffling and I don't know. It's crazy. It, we've gotten spoiled, I think, and to the point that. We just don't want it anymore. Just give me like a reduced annual fee and call it a day, please. Yeah, it's a lot to keep up with. And we've talked about that uh, many times. And I I agree with you. You got to pick and choose. And this does seem like the like the lowest hanging fruit, like really easy stuff to maximize. And I know that this is stuff that we did in the past, even like kind of putting the rundown for this together, um, you know, looking at like city custom cash, realizing, oh, I'm not really maximizing that either. I need to do a better job with that. And then, you know, there's other rotating cards, too, that I don't even touch, like the U.S. Bank Cash Plus, which I'm just not even messing with. Yeah, quick hit tip on the custom cash if you just signed up for it or you want to get it or whatever. It's based on your your monthly, like your statement, not based on calendar month. I made that mistake the first uh, month and put too much spend on it because I thought, oh, it's the first. So I'm going to go do the 500 and be done with it. Well, it was still in the same statement period, so I got nothing for that. So don't be me. 
talking about how complicated things get, I really feel like for, especially for the 5X categories at this point, my best recommendation is just pick maybe one or two 5X cards that you really want to focus on and then only worry about those. Otherwise it's just information overload and then you just end up not getting 5X you know, not maximizing and either you feel bad about not maximizing or it's like you're paying for some of these cards, you're paying annual fees and you're not maximizing. So, you know, pick one or two cards with 5X categories that you use normally and then focus on them. Obviously with the rotating categories for things like the freedom, it's going to change quarter to quarter. But I think, you know, it's just about simplicity and maximizing on some things instead of trying to maximize on all things and failing. Yeah. And one last point about freedom versus discover. I always like, give my freedom a little bit more value because I'm earning ultimate rewards compared to straight cash back. Like I always favor that one. If I'm going to focus on one, the freedom we didn't mention, but this quarter is PayPal and Walmart. So freedom added to your PayPal, uh, use it for that. And at least, you know, that can be, if you do a lot of PayPal transactions, something fairly uh, easy to do, but, uh, and I wrote an article, there's the top spend category as well, you know, which has like gas stations or, um, grocery store, stuff like that. So if you can figure out a way to stack that and you have, you just signed up for the card and you have the 5% back at grocery stores. And if you use your PayPal QR code to scan, you can basically stack and get 13 times back, you know, five times. Well, one time for everything that you get on all purchases, four times for the, the fourth quarter, four times for being at a grocery store. And then another four times for being grocery store top spend. So it's like insane. That one I would go out for. <laughs> so there, there, we finally found a reason to pay attention to all of this stuff uh, through all of that. So, all right, let's move on, Mark. And we're still going to talk credit cards here, but I remember a couple years ago, I think even we've talked about it on the show when this card came out, uh, I think, the Aspire card and why it was the most valuable card in the world. And we talked about it a long time, but you just canceled it, right? Yeah, and I canceled one uh, early on in the pandemic, and that was like right before they announced that the resort credit could be used for uh, dining and stuff. So I probably would have kept it if that was the case. But it also just like this year, my wife, my, we ended up keeping my wife's last year because they gave her like a 10,000 point uh, retention bonus. So I, you know, we contacted them this year through Amex chat and they said, there's no bonus. So we closed it. And even though it's, you know, still a profitable card, still probably the best uh, perks card out there. Like as far as they pay you to keep it, if you, if you maximize it, but I just got to the point, you know, it goes in in line with the last segment. It's just too many hoops. Like, I, I didn't really want to focus on it. We all are sitting on a ton of free night certificates, so I didn't want to add another one to that, which you get for paying the annual fee. Then the resort credit, which I just used, like, three days before the year ended when I was in Vegas. And I'm like, oh, i got to figure out how to use another resort credit over the next year, which we don't have a, a ton of Hilton travel planned. And then we have these... FHR credits from our Amex Platinum cards that I have to worry about and all these free nights we already have and all these points. And I'm just like, it's too much. So I'm taking like a year or two off from it. It's just because I didn't want to jump through all the hoops. Plus keeping 450 bucks in my pocket for the time being is always nice. So, you know, I got to that point and I think that makes sense. Some people were like, oh, you're, you're stupid. What are you talking about? And I'm like, hey, if you still know you're going to max it out, if you stay at Hilton's all the time, then do it. That's great. But I just didn't see down the next year of me being able to use the the resort credit plus the airline um, credit every year is, you know, getting harder and harder to use. It's still got some options that are, you know, under the radar, but you know, I just didn't want to have another thing on my plate to worry about. So I'm hoping I get an upgrade offer on one of my other Hilton cards to it, but 
you know, in like a year or two when I'm traveling more often and I, I'm going to find myself at Hilton's more often or I know I'm going to be staying at one, then I'll just upgrade to it and pay the fee. Like, it, it, it's not like I can't get it again, even if there's no bonus. So why not take a year off and save that money? Yeah, I don't disagree. I think I still think people undervalue their time when they're they're talking about this stuff. And if you're paying $450 for a card, you want to get more than $450 back in value. You want to get more than $600 back in value. You know, you got to make it worth worth everything. And, and you make good points as to why it's not there yet. And it also kind of ties into all those other credits and all this other stuff that we're having. We have even simple cars became complicated over during COVID and everything is just so complicated now that this is a particularly complicated card. So I could see why you would want to, why you would want to just sort of let it go and, and let things uh, ride out. What do you think, Joe? Well, we know you got rid of this card as did I a, a while back, right? Yeah. I think just going along with what I just said and maybe is becoming the theme of this episode, just in terms of simplification, I downgraded the Aspire to the Surpass just because, well, first of all, they didn't even take away the diamond status, which I didn't expect, but that was a nice thing that happened. But also, you know, it's just too much to worry about. Another $450 annual fee will probably end up being like $695 in like a year for all we know. And then you got to worry about all these credits. It's it's just too much. And so, yes, in 2022, we're going to be traveling more, but are we going to be traveling so much that we're going to be able to use Hilton diamond status like three, four times a year? I'm pretty skeptical. So I felt pretty good about downgrading it. And I haven't looked back yet. Still um, happy to not have that card for the time being. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's a great card. You know, it's a, just a good reminder that things can be the best or things can be great. Things can be worth it. And they don't need to make sense to you. And, and you can move on with your life and do things and not have to always chase stuff. And I think when I do that, when I'm really true to myself, things tend to work out a lot better than when I'm trying to force myself into something because it's a better value. Yeah. And I think even like reevaluating every year, be sure when that annual fee comes up to really sit down and think about, you know, what's this for my next year? Like if you had the CSR, the Sapphire Reserve and that's always been a great card for you because you were a road uh, warrior that charged a lot of stuff that you were getting compensated from work, you know, travel and dining and stuff. And then business travel isn't where it was. Is it really worth paying that fee again for the next year? Some people just fall into the trap that like, hey, this has always been good to me, so I'm going to do it another year. Why not downgrade it to a preferred or a freedom card for the year until business travel picks back up? Even like six months from now, you could upgrade it back. Like there's no point in paying for something that you're not using right now if you've had the card for over a year and you're not using the perks look to downgrade get a prorated annual fee refund and then upgrade it again when you know travel is coming back if you're not taking an upgrade offer you don't have to hold it for a year like these aren't the games you have to play like they're not going to get upset about that so always be evaluating what works best for you there's plenty of people out there that have the aspire card max it out love it and i get it and i was one of those people this year this next year i just didn't want to have to focus on it so that's the decision I made. I can go back to it at any point very easily because I have two Hilton cards to upgrade. So that plays into the thought process as well. I don't need to have another hard pull. I don't need to do another application. I can just play the upgrade downgrade game. Maybe I'll even get an upgrade offer with points, which I wouldn't have got if I held the card. So just think outside the box a bit. Don't don't fall into the same trap that you always, you know, the same line of thinking that you've always done. Yep. And I think all three of us don't have the card anymore and we still all have diamond status. So... Uh, there is some, uh, some which nice is not worth that much more than gold anyway. So no, I mean internationally, <laughs> I think it's done better for me. But yeah, yeah. I, I, but I'm just saying that we still the the status, which I think is a big selling point for for some, uh, we still all have it because of the extensions they've done and and everything else. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's for better sure. than Hyatt Globalist, that's for sure. I mean, Hyatt Globalist is <laughs> not worth getting at all. So just yeah. a quick reminder, Hi, everybody. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get some of those globalists off the off the roll. All right, Mark. So I have my business checking with Chase, and I've used them for a long time for business checking. But you said you had some some crazy story that rivals uh, some of your issues with yes. cities. So I know everybody's looking forward to Mark's <sighs> story time. Yeah. So it, I I was definitely having a city fraud verification PTSD, and I and I wrote about this a little bit. You know, the seven hundred fifty dollar Chase business checking account it went away like middle of last month. And I signed up a couple weeks before, and it's pretty easy. You, you have to deposit $10,000, which that's not easy if you, not everybody has $10,000. But I pulled money from savings and uh, deposited it in there, or that was the plan. And you had to do 25 uh, debit card transactions, which could be like Amazon reloads. Like, that's really simple to get $750. I'm like, hey, easy money. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. So I signed up, and I did it online, and that was my mistake. And I wrote about this a couple weeks ago. And they ask for your code, like what your industry is. It's called the NAICS code, which most of the time when you sign up for a credit card, they don't really care what you put. Like you just kind of find something that works. But these are very hard to like narrow down to, to what you want, especially like as a web-based business. It, it's like impossible to find something that works. So I got something somewhat close, did it, and uh, got approved. Everything was good. Went to deposit my money. You know, I just pulled it from Chase because they did that where it pops up and says, pick your bank and then log in and then pick your account and all that stuff. So you don't have to do the, the trial deposit verification. I was like, cool, move the money. Nothing happened. I got a text. Hey, we have issues with your account. You need to go to a bank or call us on uh, call our uh, office or go visit a banker to get this settled. We need more information. I was like, well, that's weird. You already opened the account, but okay. So I called first and she you, you went through and she said, hey, your code is wrong. Picked a new code. And said, you have to go into the bank to sign this form that says you're not doing internet gaming or adult film industry type of stuff. <laughs> Wait, what code did you pick? All right, come on. Let's stop here. Obviously. I, picked some, I, I picked something that was like, uh, you know, like uh, video, whatever. Because oh, I'm like, okay. all right, we do YouTube YouTube stuff and all that, Mark, you know, there was no, online web-based video. You couldn't pick. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's Mark, it's Mark, it's Mark's, yeah, online web-based video. Yeah, I wonder why they had to ask you. Mark, are uh, you opening an account well, for your like, why could fans? You, why could you just pick? Why could you just pick other? There was no like. Well, other. no, like there oh, was like crazy. the one I wanted. The one I wanted to pick kept arrowing out, and it would like send me to the next one. And I was like, no, I want to go to the like online. I was looking for like a news type of like yeah, you online web-based video. We get it. We get it. <laughs> So, but anyway, later on in the story, you'll see, like, I still got asked the questions even when they picked the right one. So the funny thing is, um, and this is, and I, I talked to the lady and then she's like, you have to go in and sign up, uh, do the form. So I go to the banker and do the form. And she's like, oh, this is really jacked. Like, look at your account. It's all red. Like all these red things. Like this is an error. This is an error. This is an error. The banker's like always come in to do it in the branch when you're doing a checking account because things get weird. They really care about these codes for checking accounts. They don't care about them for credit cards, but for checking accounts, whatever. So she asked me the same questions and then like changes the code again. And uh, she's like, all right, your deposit was uh, denied. Give it a couple days. See, I'll say that it's good to do it again. It didn't work. So I go online, do the same thing again, try to deposit the money. And then my whole online account gets frozen. I can't lo log in, nothing. So I have to call again. Including and credit guy, cards and stuff? Yeah, I couldn't log. I just could not log oh, into Chase.com. So I call him again and he's like, yeah, I just had to verify this thing. He's like, maybe you should do a push from your account because this poll just is going to trip the fraud. I was like, so I I went through all these hoops to like verify that it was my account. 
and that's still not good enough? He's like, I don't know what to tell you. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just deposit a check at the ATM because this has been going on for so long that I had my debit card now. Deposited, thought I was good to go. And that's kind of the end of the article I wrote a couple weeks back, but it, it was far from the end. Let's like de- deconstruct this. I think we could give some good practical advice here because I've run into this code situation. I've found it easier to go to NAICS.com. That's the association that creates the codes and using their website to search because usually- I did those... that too. I still couldn't find some good stuff. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying I'm just trying to get people because I've run into the same problem. So yes, you still end up with like if you're in this industry, it can be very, very difficult to, to do it. But... I never wish I was just in like real estate more than I did at this moment. Now, the one other thing I wanted about what you were saying is when you're logging in and you're you're giving that third party uh, permission to access your account and, and doing the pull, that is Plaid who's doing that. And Plaid, I, I figure this is a good time to mention it to people. I do this. I don't know. But they take all of your bank account information and data and sell it to other people. So uh, it's it's just great. something. It, well, no. And again, just I do this great. too. So yeah. So just, just so you know, Plaid got all your data. But it's so much it's so much easier than those like 17 cent deposits that you yeah. have to go back. No, I, I tend to do it. I don't do it. I've, the only time I haven't done it is on like main accounts because they get all your transaction data. They get everything when you give them access to that. So, uh, something to keep in mind, but I generally do it cause your point it's, it's much simpler and uh, easier than, than the other way. And Plaid is owned by visa. So it's not some shady company or anything, but uh, they are collecting data there. All right. So what's the, what's the second half of this story? So you, we got a nice little setup for this. And it's only going to get worse. I can't imagine where it's going to go yeah. from here. So I think everything's good. I do a couple of Amazon reloads to get this ball rolling. And then all of a sudden I get this really like threatening text from Chase that says, you need to call us or go to a banker, like buy 11.4. We will terminate your account. And I was like, what? Like, I just did this. What is going on? And it was on a Friday night. It was at like 4 p.m. And I was like, you know what? We had a long like hour drive. I'm just going to call and like sit on hold and, you know, make my wife drive while I sit with AirPods on listening to the music and every five minutes, oh, just hold, we're almost there. So I get through the the front line guy and he's like, oh, this is a a know your customer situation. You have to go to that department. And I'm just going to warn you that it's a 50 minute plus hold after I waited 20 minutes for the callback from this guy. So I'm like, all right, fine, put me on it. You know, I got, I'm sitting here anyway. So an hour and a half later, they still had not picked up. And I'm like, well, we've got to the place we were supposed to be. I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, we're meeting with people. I'm not going to be with my headphones in listening for, and I figured their office is closed because it was like 6 p.m. by this time. I'm like, their office probably closed and they just let everybody keep ringing in forever. So I hung up and I was like, I'll go to a banker. So the following Monday, I go to a banker. I sit down and she's like, hey, you know, I see all the notes from the previous banker. I see you filled the form. I think everything's right. They just, they're backed up like weeks, backed up this know your customer uh, department. So they probably just haven't gotten to your stuff. I'm like, well, okay, can you get through to them? So she calls the 1-800 number. 15 minutes later, gets on the phone with the guy and he's like, oh no, you have to talk to know your customer. And that's going to be a 50 minute hold. So even their own employees cannot get through to these people. They call the same number we call, which I find just preposterous and, and beyond bizarre. So she looks at me and she's like, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not going to sit here for 50 minutes. I'm like, well, I wasn't going to sit here anyway. So she gives me the number to call. Whatever. I'll call back later. <laughs> so I call back later and I get like a regular customer service rep first because they have to forward you on to the know your customer. And he looks through everything, seems super competent. And he's like, everything looks good. Like, I don't know what they would want. And they're probably just backed up. So I would just, you know, it's a 50 minute wait. 
I keep hearing 50 minutes. Everybody talks. <laughs> Wait, to is this like a talking point that they've, they've sent out a memo to everybody? It's yes. always a 50 minute. It must always be a long wait. And that's just the number that they figured out. They could tell you to kind of. Well, even when you get through, like after they transfer you, like the, per, the, the computer person comes on or whatever, the digital recording. And they're like, it's going to be a 50 minute plus wait. So enjoy your music. Here you go. Like, so I think this is like a known problem in the chase ecosystem. And they just like. Are like, hey, I don't know what to tell you, but I can't do anything, so I'm gonna send you on. But he's like, everything looks good. They're probably just backed up. Do you want to just wait like a week and hope that they get to it? And I was like, I know, but like, I don't want my account to close in a week and a half. He's like, I would just give it till next week. So I'm like, all right, I'll just move on and keep doing my transactions and hope this all works out. So I tr- I do some more Amazon reloads and they all get declined. And I'm like, oh, it's probably like tripped because I did three of the same similar purchases in a row you know i never got a a fraud alert or a text alert like you do with chase and then this weekend i tried to use it at mcdonald's for like a six dollar bill and they're like oh your card's been declined i was like oh cool (laughs) nothing worse than when the mcdonald's employee just looks looks at you with that sad feeling bad for you because you got declined (laughs) and it's a debit card so that's right you don't have have six dollars in your account (laughs) rock bottom (laughs) yeah then you have to like Take the card back and put another card through the window as everybody in the drive through line looks at you. And they're like, oh, he just got declined for a McDonald's purchase. That's pretty low. So this is city level. Like, I got declined at McDonald's for, at, with City Premier. So I'm like, oh, great. This is just awesome. Did, was it the same drive through worker they remembered you from, from the last time? They're like, oh, yeah, you're, no, you're the guy. <laughs> oh, this, this guy is the guy again. that can't afford this McDonald's. He's jonesing for it that he just has to get those fries. It doesn't matter. So I call again this morning and I'm like, this is just insane. So I get on the line and she's like, Hey, uh, yeah, this is your, know your customer put a freeze on your account. So nothing can happen until you talk to them. I was like, are you serious? So she's like, okay, uh, you know, give me a couple minutes. I'll get them on the phone and I'll be right back. And I'm like, all right, a couple minutes. That sounds promising. A couple minutes later, click. So I'm guessing that like, you know, she, she went to the know your customer thing and they're like, oh, it's going to be 50 minutes and then hung up on me instead of trying to relay that message to me. And cause she knew I was upset already. So I call back in again and the person answers and I say, Hey, I've been having all kinds of issues. I just want to talk to a supervisor and I give like a quick, here's what's happened. I just got hung up on. I just want to talk to this, know your customer department so I can get this straightened out. Hoping a supervisor can help me. And she's like, to be honest, the supervisor has the exact same number I have, and it's going to be a 50-minute plus hold. So I can forward you on to them, but they're not going to do you any good. You just have to wait. <laughs> so the moral of the story is you should have just waited the first time, right? Because every time... I did wait the first time for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. That, no, that's right. That's right. When you were in the car. Yeah. In the car, remember? That's With the right. AirPods. With the AirPods. <laughs> he should have blown off his uh, friends that he was meeting and spent his no, entire night... No, should just give... No, I don't. kidding. <laughs> They should just give you the direct number instead of say, or going to a chase branch, which I did. And they couldn't do anything. So I call back again. And, you know, after all this stuff with the supervisor, I was like, you know what? Just forward me on. I'll just suck it up and we'll see what happens. So I suck it up and they, the recording only said 40 minutes this time. So I was like, oh, wow. Monday, Monday mornings is where it's at, I guess. And they picked up after 30 minutes. So I was like, oh, this is my day. And she gets on and she asks, she's like, oh, there's still an issue with your code. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I talked to a person on the phone. They picked a code. 
and then the business banker picked a code and you're telling me I picked a code, they picked a code, two people, Chase, picked a code and all of them are wrong. So she did, we have to put you into internet broadcasting. Okay, that sounds very similar to what I picked originally, but whatever. And then she asked right, wait, me. Wait, she's like, but sir, the non-porn kind, right? The non-adult. <laughs> no, no. She asked me like seven questions. She's like, these may not uh, be in tune to what you do, but do you do internet gambling? Do you do take money orders? Do you lend money to anybody? Do you do any adult films? All these questions. I'm like, no. Isn't this the form I filled out? Like, haven't I already done all this? And then she's like, okay, your account's good to go. I'm very skeptical that it's good to go, but I did use it for a purchase today and it worked. So at least it's unfroze, but I doubt it's good to go. And I know that I'm going to have to fight for the $750. I just know it. I know it will not post properly. I mean, I think you're good to go because usually when you get to those really hard to reach departments, they're usually pretty uh, enabled to, to fix things. So hopefully you got to the to the right person, but. This, this department is on like a weird chase island that nobody can contact. Like, yeah. how does nobody have a direct line to somebody in the department? I find that just beyond like amazing. Yeah, because you got forwarded to the to the really naughty department, so the the one that you can't, uh, you know, that you can't. I love that it. it's called know your. I tried googling know your customer, like know your customer chase number. And, like nobody's ever heard of this thing. It's not posted anywhere. You should have. So anybody ever? You should have just said yes to the adult films. I bet you it all worked out. <laughs> That's big money right there. They want your business. No, they don't. They definitely don't want business. Like, because uh, I have a buddy that's, you know, he's in the cannabis industry. He's an attorney. And he's like, I'm an attorney that represents cannabis people. And Chase was like, we don't want your business. So there's certain industries that they just will not take on your business. They don't want to have to worry about the money issue, where the money's coming from. Is it dirty money? He's like, but I'm just an attorney. Like, I'm not involved in the industry. I just re- represent people. And they're like, doesn't matter. We don't want your business. So we had to go to like a local Huntington bank and they're like, oh yeah, we'll take you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can imagine, I remember back in the day with like online gambling and stuff. I'm sure there, I mean, there's still issues with it, with, with overseas accounts and stuff like that, but you couldn't even link in a bank account. Cause like linking a bank account to online casinos would get you shut down. And um, yeah, there's all kinds of, I'm sure issues of where the money's coming from, where the sourcing's coming from, all the anti-money laundering laws. But you just... I was just waiting for the know your customer people to be... Yeah. (laughs) I was just waiting for the uh, know your customer people to be like, do you have a card with another bank? Can we call City to verify you are? Who do you say you are? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been... That would have been... uh, Would have been amazing. Well, I mean, I hope you do get the 750 without any issue. You certainly earned it at this point, right? You've already invested so much time. Yeah. And that's like one of the downfalls. Like if this was like for an ultimate reward sign up like on a credit card, I would have been like, hey... Can you give me like a, a customer appreciation 10,000 point bonus or something? But since it's cash, you know they're not going to do anything. So I can't even ask for that. And like it would be just a big fat no anyway. But I hope it works out. I, you know, I'm back on the, the saddle to, to do these 25 transactions. Hopefully I don't have any more issues. The money's in there. So that's good. I just have to be able to use the card. And then hopefully like 40 days from now I have my money. Wild. And it's all you know it's all because of the code, right? That's what triggered this whole thing. Yes. So if you are going to sign up for a business checking account, I would just suggest whatever bank, unless you have a very straightforward business that's like realist, realtor or construction, you know, thing, real estate person, whatever, or, or restaurant type of thing. I would go and sit down with a banker. Um, Derek uh, Die from Travel on Points, our buddy there, he actually went in, you know, because he did this, uh, the same account for Travel on Points. And he sat with a banker and it took the banker an hour to find the right code. 
and he knew it was important. So he like kept digging and fine tuning it until they got the right code and he got through. All right. His father-in-law did it online and did not, he had to go into the branch and get it figured out. So if you're doing a, a, a business checking account, just do it in branch. That would be my suggestion. All right. Well, that was quite the story, Mark. Let's move on to rapid fires. You want to start us off? Yeah. So we had uh, a reader, Dr. J reach out to us today and uh, DDG wrote it up on uh, the first. So you, you know, a couple of days before the podcast comes out, there's a targeted offer going out for Hilton card holders uh, that you can get a free night after spending $8,000 uh, by uh, February 28, 2022. I tried it myself. I tried the link. It did not work for me, but uh, you know we'll have the link up there so you can give it a try and see if it, if it is for a surpass card. That's pretty sweet because I would just hold off until the first of the year to do the spending. And then that if you can pull it off, that $8,000 will roll towards your $15,000 of spend next year. So you could almost double dip it and line them up. See, you don't need any Aspire card. You know, Amex has got you. How about you, Joe? Yeah, so Mark alluded to this already a little earlier, but Chase is doing this month of more for Chase Freedom Car holders with a lot of kind of extra cashback chances. There's 10% extra value for pay yourself back at wholesale stores, which he mentioned. There's 10% extra value at for Apple Redemptions. There's some gift card redemption stuff. Shop through Chase offer. So check that out. Check the article out. Check your card and um, definitely get a spreadsheet out to handle all this stuff. Or you can just keep your life simple and stick with your 5X categories. But if you want to make it more complicated, check out the article. What about you, Sean? Well, I am excited to say American Express bringing back their shop small offer. I'm old enough in this hobby to remember where those couple years where they gave you like a $10 credit across all of your cards, all of your authorized user cards. I remember going into an Ace Hardware and buying $10 gift card, like 50 $10 gift cards. Uh, back in the day, but that's not quite what's happening, but they're giving you a $10 statement credit up to $50. So five purchases, $10 per purchase at any small business on their map uh, through the end of the year. You have to load the Amex offer up there and they have a really good website where you can search, you know, not only what's in your area, but also by different category and stuff. So I guess the hope for me would be to find someplace that has gift cards. I can just do five transactions really quickly, but a lot of restaurants, things like that, of course, are on there as well. And uh, it's basically like free money, $10 off $10 plus. I remember uh, years ago when it was like, you get uh, $10 off like 10 times or what, what yeah. happened when it was like massive. And you had all, the, I went into uh, like, a, it was called Detroit Kid City. It's like this little play area that they have all like a little post office, a little pizzeria and the kids could play in. And they had a deal where you could buy, if you bought a $25 gift card, you got uh, free admission. So I was just buying $25 gift cards, split tendered you know, several times and racking them up. So I had like eight free admissions plus like $200 and, and access and all this uh, crazy kind of stuff. And they're like, Hey, if you want to do it, we'll do it. I explained everything. They're like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so my kids uh, enjoyed that uh, facility for, for a couple of years off of that one offer. I like finding like if I could find for this offer, cause it's five times 10, if I can find one place that I can do five transactions, just get it out of the way and forget about it, you know, not having to to spread it out. It's as nice as it is to like, okay, I know I'm going to go eat at this restaurant. I'll get $10 off there or eat over here. I'd rather just knock it out, get five gift cards and move on with my life. So hopefully I can find a place. I found out last time that this was around that our local uh, uh, party store code. So I just uh, split up my purchases. I'm just like, all right, here's $10 worth of stuff. Here's 10. <laughs> so we did it that way. So definitely, I mean, if, if you use the car, that's the one thing, like if it's on a card that you're not going to normally use, then you want to hit it quickly. If it's on like your Amex Gold and you know you're going to use it at restaurants, then I would just let it go 
and, and hit the five times, you know, organically. But if it ends up being on like your Hilton no fee card that you don't want to use anyway, then I would do that. I definitely hit it five times quick. Yeah, it's a good point. People are, if you're already using your card at a small business and you're going to use it regularly, that, that does make sense. But we have all the details. You can get a link to the map, everything on the website uh, for that as well. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media, and you can connect with all of my other content there. What about you, Mark? You can find me in a Chase Bank on my AirPods, waiting on hold to talk to a, and to talk to a banker while getting nothing accomplished, uh, or on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me Mark at Miles to Memories. Uh, comment on any of the articles on the website, and I'll get back to you there as well. How about you, Sean? Yeah, if you want to dive in deeper into the world of miles and points, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. We just announced all of our meetups for next year, the dates. We got uh, Detroit, Vegas on the books, Mexico City, and uh, we even have an Orlando meetup next month. So lots of cool stuff there, plus all our private shows, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. You can find all of our videos, podcasts, posts, everything we do at miles to memories.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Or dia dive. <laughs> what? What did I say? You're like, if you want to dia dive, I mean, dive deeper. <laughs> I said it weird. That's nice. Oh, I yeah. didn't even you notice it yourself. And.